what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. Today, we are talking about your competitive edge. So I just want you to take a second, whether you're driving, whether you're making dinner, multitasking in some form, just think through this, especially if you're driving. What do you think of when you think of your competitive edge? Think about that. Where do you maybe have an advantage that somebody else doesn't. So typically we hear the phrase competitive edge when you think of a team, a sports team like football, where there's an advantage over their rival team in some sort of way. Or it could also just mean an advantage over the enemy, okay? Which would also bring to light that you wanna know who your enemy is so that you can also be aware of how to take advantage. of the enemy, right? Or or how to get the upper hand over the enemy, how to compete, right? And even when it comes to being a believer, you don't need to compete, how you just literally dominate, right? So think about this in your own life. Where have you noticed that you have a competitive advantage, that you have a competitive edge, or even simply put, if that phrase doesn't suit you, what is your edge? What makes you you? What makes you unique? What makes you different? So for example, in my own life, I definitely came through the school of hard knocks, right? Like there were just many things that were no fault of my own and the only way out was through, right? And so I developed resilience. Now, this was by choice, but I didn't see there being any other option. It's just what I had to do, right? But because of that, I knew that there's going to be hard things in life. And rather than resist those or run from those or constantly be in fear of those, I'm going to trust that I have resilience. And that's actually my competitive edge because what I started to notice whether it was in school and academics, whether it was moving across the country multiple times, whether it was getting degrees, whether it was, you know, getting accepted to different jobs and positions, whatever it was, I found that I I actually took those risks and I finished what I started and I came out on the other side better for it, even if it wasn't what I had in mind. I saw it through where other people would fall off, they'd give up, they they just wouldn't lean in. So I discovered that resilience was a superpower, if you will. Now, I also found out that I had a knack for writing. And I figured this out young. In fact, when we had to do book reports, right? I don't know if you remember this, but we had to do, particularly in elementary, we had to make these shadow boxes. (laughs) 
<laughs> we had to like read a book and we had to do a book report, but we'd had to make a shadow box about it. We'd always have to bring in props and present in front of the class. And I remember even as a young person getting so stressed about that, but putting so much time, energy, effort into it and really excelling, right? And I didn't really notice that other people did that same amount of sacrifice, that, that really put in that same amount of effort. I didn't see that happening. So I started to notice that was different. Or even growing up, I started noticing that although it took forever and I didn't necessarily like it, I started to get really, really good at research papers and writing. These were just the classes that there was this natural gifting or ability for. I had a competitive edge in a sense because I was developing my communication. Rather than seeing all the red marks on my paper and being discouraged, I continued to lean into that and get better. And eventually I got really, really good. And I started to enjoy that, which was also foreshadowing for my future. Or I'll give you one last example so you can kind of scan your own life and really think through where's your competitive edge. Now, another competitive edge that I would say that I have is that I am somebody that is also visionary, okay? And because of that, there's a certain level of I don't know if it's being, I wouldn't say it's being naive, but I don't really limit myself when there's a vision, right? I'm just like, I don't know how, I don't know when, I just know it's going to happen. It's inevitable. And I have that kind of gumption, if you will, (laughs) to just keep believing for it and being excited about it and expectant of it, even when everybody else would say that I'm crazy or it doesn't make sense, there's no way that's gonna happen, that's for special people, you're never gonna achieve that, whatever it might be, because there's haters connected to many things in life, right? Just just like there's people that will sing praises, there's always people that will have opinions and negativity and criticisms, right? But somehow, I, I almost had like a a bubble of protection around me where that stuff didn't get in and I still stayed focused on that. And because of that, here's here's why this is important, is I've been able to use visions that I've had to get me through different times and seasons with a lot of meaning and purpose as I navigate through them. It doesn't mean that that specific vision comes to pass, but it was designed for a purpose. Okay, even if it was designed to help me see through a situation differently, maybe it did actually come to pass, but those visions, me actually being expectant and hopeful and living from that place allowed me to live a life that is full of energy and vibrance all the time. So I started to realize not everybody does that. That's actually really weird. Like people will say, you have so much energy. Like, where does this come from? And I'm like, well, I, I believe that it's it's not random, right? And it's a habit. It's something that I've cultivated. So I just invite you to think right now, what has your edge been? What has your competitive advantage been when you were getting a job or when you got accepted to school or whatever it might have been? What makes you stand out? What makes you different? Maybe it's how hardworking that you are, right? You'll always be able to to have this work ethic. Since you know that you have that, you know that you can get through any situation. Or maybe you are just a determined person, right? You won't take no for an answer. You'll just, you you won't be intimidated by failure. You may make mistakes, there might be setbacks, but you're just a determined person and there's more where that came from. You'll figure it out, right? So whatever it might be for you, really hold on to that. What is your competitive edge? Now, 
I am also <laughs> going to invite you to forget that that's your competitive edge. What if, just try this on for a second, what if by chance you thought your entire life that that was your competitive edge? Whatever you just highlighted, what maybe some of the things that I mentioned and referenced, whatever came to mind, what if, yes, while you thought that that was your edge, what made you different, what made you unique, what made you have a competitive edge over an enemy or even in the sport, a rival, right? What is your competitive edge? Try this on. What if that isn't actually your edge at all? And the way that you've trained yourself to show up is not going to serve you for where God wants to bring you. What if? Just try that on for a second. And here's why. I want to invite you to believe that faith is your competitive edge. Faith is your competitive edge. Now, I fully understand that you're not going to believe me <laughs> if you've not walked by faith or maybe if you don't fully know what that means or even if you're not fully embracing a faith walking lifestyle. So I am going to break that down a little bit, but for the scope of the few minutes that we have together today, think about this. What if faith is my competitive edge? How would I approach faith? How would I use my faith? How would I relate to God if I knew that, right? Just explore this. What if faith is my competitive edge? Then what? <laughs> In my mind, I might prioritize it, right? Like if I knew that faith is my competitive edge, like if I just got a revelation, if I were fully convicted that that is true, that just is what it is, I would commit to faith like I do reading all these self-help books or spending hours at the gym or eating all these foods and superfoods that are going to do X, Y, or Z to my body and taking all these supplements or whatever it might be, whatever your, your shtick is. <laughs> if you believed that faith were your competitive edge, you would prioritize that over everything. Okay, so I'm just going to invite you to consider that today and give you some some examples or some feedback about this. So for me personally, I did believe that these other things were my competitive edge. Maybe it was going to be that I worked harder or that I applied myself and practiced longer, whether it was in the gym, right? I memorized my routines and I was just going to nail it because it was just muscle memory at this point, right? Or maybe it was my form or maybe my, my attitude or my... Uh, organization or my attention to detail, whatever it was, whatever I got praised on, I really uh, got better at doing those things, right? So think about that. I really relied on those things to get through life. And so a lot of that too, if I saw that I was really smart in navigating through things in life and did it better than peers or better than people around me, which is really just having to mature or grow up faster than other people, that caused me to then lean on my own logic and understanding to get through life, which is the enemy of faith, okay? So when it came to me surrendering my life to Christ, right, and then figuring out how this all works, because <laughs> literally I didn't have any clue, that was the scariest thing probably that I've ever done, right? Because it meant that everything that I'd done up to that point was opposed to the life and the journey and the lifestyle of faith 
I was not walking in faith. I was actually motivated by fear, hence the need to self-protect, hence the need to figure things out, hence the need to have all the details or try to control outcomes. That's all rooted in fear if I were to dig it up, right? Which is the enemy of faith and what the enemy of my life would love to have me living in for my entire life, right? Because then I'm really not even a threat to him at all. However, right? When I am now in a relationship with God and starting to learn about faith, okay, that actually causes a problem for the enemy. And I'm waking up to who my real enemy is, which is not flesh and blood. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, right? So a couple of things are happening. I'm waking up to my identity in Christ. I'm waking up to my authority and the power that I have in Christ. I'm becoming aware of my enemy, and all of the the tools that I have to fight against anything he would try to bring against me, right? I, I see what I now have access to in the inheritance that is mine that the enemy would try to tell me I don't have, right? And I can start really causing some damage for the enemy, okay? That's exactly where you want to be. We're supposed to be ruling and reigning in life. We're supposed to have dominion, but we're not going to if we don't believe that faith is our competitive edge and we think that we're just going to muscle our way through life or use logic and reasoning or just, you know, find something that we can do in our own strength. That's actually not strength, okay? So I want to give you a few power verses to think this through and then give you something practical that you can do because that's really where... The rubber hits the road, so to speak, is when you're actually applying this in your own life, not just being inspired by it, okay? So one of the first verses that I want to share is Romans 12, 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So... God has given to each of us a measure of faith, okay? That is something to really think about. We might not all have the same level of faith, but we have the measure that God gave to us that is appropriate for what we are facing or for what we're here to do. Okay, so this is not the the saving faith, right? By grace through faith, we're saved. But that is also how we're meant to live our life. This is more about faithful stewardship. It's it's the kind and quantity of faith required to use our particular gifts or to do what God has uniquely assigned each one of us to do, okay, which is personal. And this measure of faith enables us to use sober judgment, I'll say, to assess how we can use our gifts as a member of the body of Christ, right? So, so important. So we all have a measure of faith, okay, that allows us to show up supernaturally, okay? And we are able, because of this measure, we're able to walk through life by grace, by God's power, by God's enabling power, okay? By spiritual empowerment, however you wanna say that, grace flowing through God, through you, by grace, through faith, okay? So I might not feel like it. I might not get how it's going to work. By faith, I'm going to claim this promise and I'm going to walk according 
to it being done, to it being so, to I believe it, amen, right? I believe it is done is amen, right? Now, do you walk according to that or not? Faith, right? By faith, by grace through faith. So if you think about those as steps, grace, faith, grace, faith. So even believing, God gives us a grace to believe, which is so, so powerful. So know that, number one. So I don't have faith. You can't say that. (laughs) God has given you a measure of faith and the measure that you need, okay? Another verse, Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Okay? What I love about this is I've lived many years of my life alone, right? Whether that was moving across the country and starting over multiple times, and that was for internships, jobs, school, whatever it might have been, that's hard, especially doing alone and starting over, like literally walking into an empty space and being like, okay, let's just figure it out. Like it's really uncomfortable not having friends or family and all that around you and starting over again and again, that is really, really hard. But I am mentioning that because I never actually was alone. I may have thought I was in those times, but what I came to realize when I started developing my relationship with God was the power of this verse. God is with you wherever you go. Literally, the Spirit of God, you are a house of God. When you are a born-again believer, you are a home to God, Okay, and you find your home in God. So the spirit of God is alive in you and God is with you. He can't get any closer. He's literally with you wherever you go, which means you can talk to God all the time about anything. You could be driving in your car without the music on, just having a grand old conversation with God. I've done that so many times. You could be sitting alone in your home, but you're not actually alone. You could be journaling. You could be praying. You could be reading in the word. You could be praising. You could let God's presence invade that atmosphere, right? You are never actually alone. And it's in some of those moments where you're just with God, processing, talking to God, being open to listen to God, where you actually get such powerful revelation and breakthrough and sometimes even deliverance. So, so powerful. So number one, God has given you a measure of faith. Number two, God is with you wherever you go. So there's nothing that's impossible. To man, this might be impossible, but with God, all things are possible and he's with you wherever you go. Meaning he sees what you see. He sees what you're facing. He is with you in every moment. You're not alone, which means you're not hopeless and you're not powerless. So incredibly powerful if you can really catch that. And the next verse that I want to give you and last verse is Proverbs 15, 3. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. Okay, so why I want to highlight this too is because sometimes we might think, well, you know, God doesn't see how they're treating me or God doesn't see how unjust that was or it's not fair that this happened and I don't understand how this is happening this way and whatever it might be. God sees everything that is happening. So although he doesn't cause all the evil and wicked things in the world, he sometimes does allow those things because he's working out a greater plan for his glory. And you're a part of that, okay? All of the world is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. 
Okay, and that happens as you partner with God, as his glory is revealed in and through you to the world. You're literally his hands and feet in the world. Now, how is this relevant? I wanted to present these to you because these things are foundational for your faith. Okay, that God has given me a measure of faith. So even if I don't believe, even if I'm not accustomed to living a lifestyle of faith, I have a measure of faith to start doing it. Number two, when I think that I'm alone, when I think that I have no role models, when I think that I don't have a counselor, when I think that, you know, I'm, I'm on my own to figure this all out, you're not. God is with you wherever you go, which means he will guide you. He will establish your steps. He will protect you. He will keep you in perfect faith peace as your eyes are fixed on him. You're not alone. He will guide you, right? When you seek the kingdom first, all the other things will be added unto you. And then lastly, number three, God sees everything that's happening and God is a just God. He is a faithful God and he has good plans for you, promises to give you a future and a hope. So even that situation that you think you are the only one that gets, you are the only one that's facing that, you are the one that has to figure it out, Not so. God has a plan and he had a solution before you ever had a problem. Okay. So now when you know these promises, when you know these things to be true, this is what actually can open the door. These are keys that can open doors to developing your faith and cultivating faith as a lifestyle. Now, what I'm going to challenge you to do is try on this belief. Okay. Do it for seven days because this is something that's manageable. If you really are a go-getter, you know, the next level type person, give yourself 21 days and make this a time of prayer and fasting, okay? So for 21 days, I am going to operate under this belief that faith is my competitive edge, Now, because faith is my competitive edge, I'm going to prioritize it every day for 21 days, and I'm going to keep a track record of what happens, okay? So that's the challenge. Whether you do it for seven days or 21 days, that is the challenge, okay? To literally prioritize faith in your life. Now, how do you do this just practically speaking, okay? Faith is what brings us into relationship with God. By grace through faith, we're saved, but that's also how we walk out the faith walk, by grace through faith. So every day, whether you start setting your alarm and you're tired, by grace, (laughs) you can set that alarm and you can get up and you can spend time with God, okay? So you can, here's the thing, your weapon against the enemy is the word of God. That is your sword. That is the the power that you have to take out the enemy. And he is hoping more than anything that you won't develop your relationship with God, that you won't study the promises that are real for you, that all you're going to need is to be saved and hope that you make it to heaven someday. There's about five 1,400 some verses and promises that are entitled to you that you're not even accessing. And how do you access them? By grace, through faith. But you've got to know what they are in order to ask for them, right? So for me, for example, if I'm not living my life by faith, I don't know what I have access to. I'm definitely not accessing to it, which is like living without an inheritance, right? I have one, but I'm living like I don't. What? That's going to give me some righteous anger against the enemy for trying to block me from that, right? It's going to, to really inspire me to spend time in God's word. 
so that I can yield <laughs> the, the word of God in my life, so that I can speak to mountains and tell them to be moved, so I can see a situation and not be freaked out because I know what God says about it and I know what's true for me. I don't go by what I see. I go by the truth and what God says is true for me, what he has promised me, okay? So, for example, you might be in a situation where you feel like you're being taken advantage of and you're you're just you're vulnerable and it's just always going to be this way and it's just the worst thing ever. What? God says, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." So it's a choice if I'm going to keep showing up as a weak person. But I can be a powerful person by grace through faith. By grace through faith, I claim this promise is true. I cancel the weakness, I cancel the weak thought, I cancel every thought that's exalting itself above the truth, and I put on strength in this moment. And now, because I'm in a position of God's strength, now I get divine ideas, now I get strategies, now I get a boost of energy to approach whatever I'm facing differently, right? Or you might think because of your story or your background that you're just somebody that doesn't get access. You're just somebody that's you know, got dealt the wrong hand and you just have to deal with it. And this is just what life looks like for you. The devil is a liar. God plan- God's plans for you are for good, not for evil. Promises to give you a future and a hope. The enemy would love you to be hopeless and powerless and have no energy and just murr through life every day, right? The enemy would love that because you're not doing anything powerful, right? You can be pitiful, or powerful, but you can't be both. So which one do you choose? The word of God is empowerment. It's empowerment. It literally gives you the power to show up differently in your life. And in so doing that, you radically transform your life, which is God's glory being revealed through you. Okay? Literally, this potential comes alive when you start activating it. And you activate it by grace through faith, by act- by accessing the word of God, his promises that are true for you. So practically speaking, whether it's for seven days or for 21 days, spend time with God. Whether you can do it for 30 minutes, an hour, 15 minutes, whatever you decide is excellent for you, set that time. Get up and set that time and be determined to study whether it's on faith, whether it's on love, whether it's on strength, whether it's on character, whether it's on forgiveness, whatever it is, usually it's the opposite of what you're facing. (laughs) So if you are trying to combat fear, start studying faith. If you are trying to combat frustration, start studying patience or endurance, right? If you're trying to combat a broken heart, start studying love. It's possible that maybe you didn't actually know what real love is, right? So start building your faith and expectancy for what God wants to do, right? A door is open before you right now, right? You are available for a promise to come to pass in your life, for good things to chase you down, for favor, right? But are you partnering with it and are you walking that out? Are you aligned with what's true for you according to what God says? Not what you think, not by your logic, not by your reasoning, not by other people's expectations. We're not to put faith in other people, to put faith in ourselves, but to put faith in God. Another verse says, 
hope in God does not disappoint. It doesn't say hope in circumstances, hope in people. It says hope in God does not disappoint, right? It might shock you. It might shock other people, but it never shocks God. He knows exactly what to do, okay? So my encouragement to you today is to try this truth on. Faith is my competitive edge. Faith is what keeps me calm, cool, and collected in chaos when other people are losing their mind. Faith is what allows me to walk in joy and hope and energy and expectancy when others are murmuring and complaining and gossiping and comparing. Faith is what allows me to create what I am here to do and to steward well what I've been given, whether it's write that book, launch that podcast, launch that ministry, make that connection, go back to school, birth that child, have that successful marriage, whatever it is for you. Faith is what gives me the empowerment to do that and do what other people can't do because I am an example of what's possible because I am a child of God. And because I am a child of God, I get this. This is my inheritance. This is my right. Why? Because the word of God says so. What's mine is mine. It's that simple, right? By faith, I can praise when I'm freaked out. By faith, I can walk boldly into the room knowing that I am purposed to be there. By faith, I don't have to just go through the motions. I can see what God is doing in a situation and hear from God and hear his perspective. By faith, I will fulfill everything that I'm here to do. So, so powerful. Imagine, imagine and start practicing this if your faith were your competitive edge. How might you show up differently? Weak in faith, isn't it? God actually says in his word, when he comes back, will he find faith? Will he find faith? Ask yourself that. If God were to see you in the flesh today, would he find faith? What have you used your faith to do? Are you willing to start using your faith? My encouragement on today is that you find courage. Find courage in God. Find strength in God. And start committing to your faith as your utmost priority. All right, guys, I hope this message blessed you. I've got a couple of things before we close here. Number one, my website, julianapage.com, has been undergoing an upgrade, which is super exciting. So if you've noticed any glitches or anything going on, there's lots of tinkering that's happening behind the scenes. But all is well, and there's still things that you can access. But if in the meantime you're looking for something or can't find something, feel free to email info.julianapage at gmo.com for any questions. Secondly, if you do these three things. Number one, listen to a full episode of the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. Could be this one. Number two, review the podcast. Give it some stars. And number three, leave a comment and email page at gmail.com. When you've done that, I will send you a free gift. So if you've not subscribed, this is your opportunity to do so. Make sure that you do those three things for a free gift. And... I am launching the God's Vibes Mastermind. So applications are currently open. This is something that is 
limited to only uh, a few folks. So make sure that if that is something that you want, there's spirit-led coaching and strategies and prophetic and prayer and coursework and so much powerful content. It's basically all of my books that I've written in course form, lots of coaching, lots of community and accountability, so much goodness. If you want to be in that, if you know that you need that in your life, make sure that you visit julianapage.com or also follow me on Instagram to complete the application. All right, guys, until next time, stay blessed. 